Is everything in your life going just the way you would like it to? Is life going just the way you dreamed it would when you were a little boy or girl? Is everything just perfect? Right? Is everything just the way you would want it to be if, if you had the choice? Or is your life one of discouragement and difficulty? Maybe because of choices that you've made, sins that you've committed, people you've hurt. Right? Maybe you look at your life and, and, and wish there was some sort of do-over button where you could just start again. Is your life filled with what-ifs and should-haves and could-haves? If it is, then maybe you're kind of feeling what the people at Zechariah's time were. Their lives were ones of discouragement. And what's going on in, in, with the prophet Zechariah and his time is God's people have been able to return to the promised land from Babylon, out of captivity. They've, they've been able to come back and resettle. And where you think that would bring them joy and encouragement, instead they were only met with discouragement and trouble and sadness. They started building the temple back up again, but that project by this point has already been abandoned for 14 years. Enemies continue to attack them. Any thought of, of the glory days under King David being restored when they came back from Babylon have been dashed. And they're beginning to wonder, right, have we done this to ourselves? Is there a do-over button? Can, what can we do in this discouragement of our lives? Has, has maybe God forgotten about us and, and made promises that, that he intended to keep but will not? Or maybe he can't. And it's into this discouragement, it's into these questions, it's, it's into this seeming lack of hope that God speaks to his people through Zechariah. And these are the words of our first lesson that are appointed for Palm Sunday from Zechariah chapter 9. God says through his prophet, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. Righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Do you think that these words brought those Old Testament people, comfort and joy and encouragement. Do you think that these words that the prophet Zechariah brought to God's people encouraged them and strengthened them in the troubles and the sadness and the distress and the discouragement that they were undergoing? fact is, we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us how these words were received, but but could they have said back to Zechariah, a king? A king is coming to, to, to bring us peace? Zechariah, have you taken a look at what life is like for us today? Do you see what's happening to us 
And you're talking about peace that's going to be proclaimed to the nations and, 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 a, and a reign of a king that's going to extend to the ends of the earth? What peace? What king? What reason do we have to rejoice greatly and shout for joy? The fact is, we don't know how these words were received by their first hearers. But we do know how they were received by those who saw this prophecy fulfilled. About 500 years after these words were spoken by Zechariah the first time, here Jesus comes, entering into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. Here we see Jesus coming with with palm branches being strewn in his path and cloaks being placed down uh, for him to walk over. Here we see Jesus coming into Jerusalem, righteous, victorious, to bring peace. And those people on that first Palm Sunday, 500 years after these words were spoken by Zechariah, certainly rejoiced, didn't they? They shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna to the son of David. They welcomed Jesus as a king that day. Now, did they fully grasp that Jesus was the fulfillment of these words? Do they fully grasp that this is the king that had been promised for hundreds of years? Maybe. But where would these people be? In just a few days, what would they say as this same Jesus hangs on a cross like a common criminal? What questions would they ask? Well, we thought he was the one. What happened? Maybe he wasn't the one that Zechariah prophesied about. Maybe we have to wait for another because look at him now. What kind of king is this? We don't know for sure if those people who welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem that day really grasped and understood the fulfillment of these words in Jesus. We can't ask them, just like we can't ask the people of Zechariah's time, but but I can ask you. What do you see? when you see Jesus riding into Jerusalem? What do you believe when you hear these words of the prophet prophet Zechariah spoken 2,500 years ago? Do they make you want to shout for joy? To rejoice greatly? Is that how you feel often in your life? As you go day to day? Do you feel like rejoicing and shouting for joy? No. I don't blame you. I understand why. (laughs) Because this life is just filled with discouragement, isn't it? And it's filled with discord. Right? There's the trouble we have in our relationships. There's the trouble we see in our world around us. And when we look at our lives and we look at the mistakes that we've made and the sins that we've committed and the people that we've hurt, 
we become discouraged. Discouraged with ourselves. Discouraged with people around us. Maybe even a little discouraged with God. The fact that God makes such promises, but yet where is the fulfillment of these things? Where's the victory? Where's the peace? When all I see around me is just defeat after defeat after defeat, and discord and disharmony and fighting and trouble and sadness. And it seems like Jesus, you you say you want to help, but where are you? That either you don't really know what's going on here, or you don't care, or you really don't have the power to do what you say you can do. But friends, these words of Zechariah are still for you. These words of Zechariah from God to rejoice greatly are for you. See, Zechariah encourages us, your king comes to you. He does not send a proxy. He does not send an ambassador or an emissary. Instead, he himself comes to you. He himself was willing to enter in to this broken, discouraging, difficult world for you. See your king come for you. And to be willing on that Sunday in Jerusalem to resolutely enter in with his eyes on a cross. With his eyes on that place where victory and peace would be won for you. See your king come to you as he triumphantly enters in so that you can know without a doubt that God does care about what you go through in this life. That God does love you through all of it. And he wants you to know that whatever happens in your life, no matter how discouraging it might feel, that he has already done everything for you. And just consider what it took. Consider what it took for this king to bring you victory and to bring you peace. Here, he's welcomed in to Jerusalem with, Blessed is he who comes. But very soon, the cries are going to be, We have no king but Caesar. Here, we hear Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. And in just a few short days, it's going to be, Save yourself if you really are the Christ, the King. Here we see the people taking off their cloaks and laying them on the ground for him to pass over. But this coming Friday, we'll see them removing his clothes and casting lots for them. 
It's this king who enters resolutely into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday who willingly allowed all of this to happen, who allowed himself to be mistreated and abused and to suffer and to die at the hands of sinners so that you could have righteousness and so that you could have victory, so that you could have peace. Because it's at that cross that our King Jesus took our sin, took our suffering, took our pain, took our brokenness, took our guilt, took our regrets, so that we could, in exchange, have his righteousness. That God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See your king come to you. He comes righteous to give you that righteousness, to make that exchange at the cross so that you could be righteous and holy and blameless in the sight of your heavenly father. See this king come to you so that you could have his victory at that cross. Because it's there you see him take on your enemies. It's there that you see him take on your greatest enemy of Satan and to defeat him for you. As he cried out, it is finished. That head was crushed. His evil work done away with, destroyed, so that you could have victory. Victory over the devil. Victory over all of his lies. Victory over all of his temptations. Victory over all of his cunning that seeks to lead you away and, and seeks you to lead you back into discouragement and despair and hopelessness to remind you that you are victorious because this king won the victory and gives that victory to you. See your king come to you and give you righteousness and give you victory and to give you peace. Listen again to what Zechariah prophesies to the Old Testament people and to you, New Testament people. He says, I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. And friends, isn't that what we need? We need peace. And that's exactly what your king brings you. He brings you peace. Peace with your heavenly father to know that he does not hold your sins against you. The opportunity to have peace in your relationships. To know that you can forgive as you have been first forgiven. That peace can reign in your relationships, in your home, with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers. And to know that you have peace in your heart, a peace that transcends all understanding, a peace that is only yours from God your Father and through your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dear friends, see your King come to you and to bring you everything that you need as you live in a world of discouragement and hopelessness and despair. He comes to bring you righteousness and victory and peace so that you can be found safe and loved and forgiven with hope and joy in Christ.
You know, Jesus doesn't promise anywhere in the Bible that this world is going to treat you well. He doesn't promise anywhere in his word that even if you make all the right choices, that things are going to go great for you. Jesus doesn't promise you anywhere in his word that this life is going to be a bed of roses. No, instead, we know because we're sinners and because we live in a sinful world with sinful people, we're going to have and have to face discouragement. And things aren't always going to go the way we want them to. But you know what Jesus does promise you? That he comes to bring you everything you need. And here, as we begin Holy Week, Holy Week is all about you. About his love for you. About every promise being fulfilled at a cross and an empty tomb. And the promise that you have righteousness and victory and peace. No matter what is going on in your life. No matter if your life has turned out just the way you want it to. Or if it is just a complete, absolute disaster. It doesn't matter. Right? If, if your life is just com- seemingly completely out of control. It doesn't matter. If you are in sickness or in health, it doesn't matter how many times you have fallen into that really, really terrible sin or how many sins you've fallen into. This King Jesus comes to bring you exactly what you need. And for that reason, friends, we can rejoice. We can rejoice greatly. We can shout along with those people on that first Palm Sunday, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Come and continue to rescue us. Come and continue to bring us those blessings of righteousness and victory and peace. You have done this for us, Jesus. And you continue to come and to bring them to us through your word and sacrament. Rejoice, dear Christians. Because your Savior Jesus, your King Jesus, gives you exactly what you need. Amen.